Fight song, Teach? That's what it says, anyway. All right. Very cool. Welcome back. Hour 3, T-Row in the Morning Show, live in Charlottesville on this Friday, day one of the NCAA baseball tournament. And tonight, it'll be OU and East Carolina here at Disharoon Park. And it is our great pleasure to welcome in now the play-by-play voice for the ECU Pirates, Scott Rogers. Scott, good morning. How are you today, sir? Doing good. It is a lovely morning, as you know, here in Charlottesville. It is a, br- a pretty day. I think you're in. Uh, we're in for a steamy one, though, today. I think we're lucky we got the night game today. The way it looks like, yes. And hopefully it uh, looks like the weather tomorrow is get a little bit dicey with the uh, weather. So uh, hopefully we can get this one in tonight with no issues. Well, uh, Scott, we're all eager to learn more about uh, this Game 1 opponent for the Sooners Obviously, East Carolina has uh, had a great baseball tradition really over the last couple of decades now. But tell us about this year's squad. Yeah, this year's team, uh, you know, at the start of the year, there was big expectations coming in. You know, know, obviously last year having that tough Super Regional loss to Texas, which, you know, you're in the seventh inning, I think, with a five-run lead, and you can can feel it. You know, you're at home, you have – over 6,000 people in attendance, and you can just feel that Omaha trip is there, and then it falls apart in those last two innings. And so that provided a lot of motivations for this year's club. Um, you know, there was pretty much everybody returned from that team, and so there's a lot of buzz around this team, and they've been consistent all year long. I mean, you win 45 games uh, this year, and you were right there on the brink of a conference title. You won the regular season, but this is also a team that has had some struggles here and there, they've had some rough stretches, just like every team does. Um, the injury bug has rattled this team a little bit, and finally now, here over the past week or so, everybody has gotten healthy, and so that's been a big thing getting into the postseason. You know, just looking at the numbers, it looks like really good hitting team, but maybe even better, like maybe the strength is in the arms. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, I would say that. Uh, you know, offensively under Cliff Godwin, that's always been kind of the strong suit of a Cliff Godwin team is the offense. But this year it kind of flipped a little bit. Pitching-wise, you know, this is you – know, I've had this job as the play-by-play boys for two years, but I've lived in Greenville my whole life. And being around this program, this is the deepest pitching staff I've ever seen at East Carolina. Uh, just from a bullpen perspective, you know, that's always been one thing at ECU is once you get – into the back end of that bullpen, there hasn't been much there. 
But this year, that's the complete opposite because every time an arm comes out, it's a quality arm that can give you an inning or two if needed, and sometimes even more if you if you have the right guy out there. And so that's one thing I think with this team that is separating themselves from everybody else that they've played this year is that bullpen depth. Trey Savage will get the ball tonight in game one, first team all AAC. I think he's considered the number one prospect in the American Athletic Conference. What can you tell us about Trey? Yeah, Trey has been the best arm for East Carolina this year. He's a right-handed arm. Fastball will sit anywhere from 93 to 95, has touched 96 and 97 at times this year. He's got some really good breaking pitches as well. But this is a guy that last year was used as a kind of a setup role. Didn't pitch more than an inning or so at a time. Came in and it felt like every single game last year as a freshman, but went in summer ball this past year, worked on becoming a starter, and has stepped into a starter's role for East Carolina very well this year. Had a couple of weeks where he did not throw uh, in the middle of the season, was dealing with some arm soreness, which a lot of that was, you know, that arm just adjusting to throwing 90 pitches every weekend. But now that he's back healthy, uh, he came out of the bullpen twice, in the American Conference Tournament one time throwing, I believe it was six innings out of the bullpen. I think that game was against UCF. But uh, he's he's kept East Carolina in a lot of games this year. And he's been a guy, too, that, you know, as you said, he's going to be a, a big-time draft prospect next season. Um, and it's going, to be, it's going to be fun to watch him now in a starter's role in the NCAA Tournament. Saw him last year in those setup roles. But – being able to go out there and, and get the start in the first game is going to be fun to watch him perform. What about the bullpen potentially behind him tonight? Tonight, the first guy you'll more than likely see is going to be Danny Bill, uh, an older player on this team, sidearm thrower, throws from about three or four different arm slots. And that's one thing that has helped him this year is being able to switch it up at times this season. But you'll see Danny Bill more than likely come out first. Um, I would say Landon Ginn is another arm you can see tonight. Landon has uh, started his freshman year at East Carolina, left, went the JUCO route, and is now back at East Carolina. Um, has been really good at closing out games this season, and there's middle relief roles as well. Uh, but those two will probably be the first two that you see tonight. I don't think that East Carolina would want to use Carter Spivey, if possible, tonight. Spivey start of the year in the rotation has been a bullpen guy pretty much his whole career um and in about midway through the season this year they put him back in the bullpen just to have that you know kind of starters mentality coming out of the bullpen in a situation that you need him for you know it's hard to statistically see a weakness they hit it they got power they pitch it pretty good defensively there is a stretch here in the middle of the season where it looks like, you know, the, the Wichita State series and stuff where maybe didn't play great ball. But if you had to pinpoint maybe one area where they could be better, maybe it's not a weakness, but maybe it's an area where they could be better, where would that be? I would say, you know, if you want to look at that, you know, two things I would say is um, consistency maybe on the offensive side. And, you know, as you said, there's been some stretches this year where, They've lost some games, and from that perspective, it hasn't really been from a pitching standpoint. It's been offensively just hasn't been as consistent in those outings. And then defensively, um, same thing. You know, defense has not been consistent at times this year. When it's good, it's really good. But when it's not being good, it's kind of average almost. But 
those are kind of the, the two areas I would say that would be a weakness. And, you know, you bring up that stretch, you know, you just said about Wichita State that weekend. We actually had a midweek game against Charlotte and flew into uh, from Charlotte to Dallas, and our flight got delayed in Charlotte. So we missed our connecting flight, and we had to bus from Dallas to Wichita, which was oh. about five or six hours. And because of that, with airline policies and everything, they had to fly uh, all the team's equipment and everything from Dallas to Wichita, which it did not end up getting there until late Friday night, which means that we could not play Friday. So we had to play that doubleheader on Saturday. So that was that was a, a crazy weekend. Not saying that had much to do with the way that we played, but you have to think, you know, just having to deal with that certainly yeah. frustrated everybody. Yeah, everybody out of kilter, out of sorts, you know, worried about their stuff, everything. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can I can totally uh see that you know um it is cool to get to play teams you haven't played before uh first matchup ever between oklahoma and east carolina my only regret is that we're not getting to play at your place because (laughs) east carolina's got one of the more famous home stadiums in all of college baseball the jungle it is beautiful if anybody's ever seen an aerial of this stadium it is an unbelievable stadium but it's the atmosphere scott that everybody talks about that, but what what is a game night like at East Carolina? It is um, it is a great atmosphere to be a part of. You know, as I said, I've been a fan for so many years, and then getting this job, you know, I've been in that environment for big games. Uh, it's 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 second to none when you're when you're in the jungle where there's you know five to six thousand people at that at those games and those environments. It's something you really can't put into words uh, when you're in it. Uh, but now I will say. There's a lot of Pirate fans making the trip up yeah. to Charlottesville tonight. I've been getting texts all morning saying, you know, we're on the way, seeing posts on social media about it. And so it's going to be a, a good atmosphere tonight here in Charlottesville. East Carolina fans have always traveled well for not only baseball, but, you know, other sports as well. And so I think it's going to be, you know, not the same feeling you would have as if you're back at Quaker Player Stadium tonight, but it's going to be uh, pretty dang close to it. Uh, how far is the drive? Uh, about four hours from Charlottesville to Greenville. Not bad. So you, what do you think? Couple thousand tonight, maybe or more? I would, I would put money that there's anywhere from fifteen hundred to two thousand people here tonight wow. from Greenville. It would not surprise me one bit if there's that many people here. Let me, uh, let me ask you this. I, I notice a bunch of lefty bats in your lineup. Good lefty bats. Are they have they at all been susceptible to southpaws this year, or do they hit lefties as well as they hit righties? They from top to bottom, no, they really do. They hit lefties just as good as they do righties. Um, you know, one thing with kind of looking at Braden Carmichael has kind of been a soft tossing lefty in his uh, outings this year, and that's one area that has been a uh, thing with East Carolina they've not been able to do well with. It's so soft, and on both sides of the plate, you know, the guys that throw in the low or mid or high 80s, I should say, those are the arms that East Carolina has struggled with. They've had good at-bats off of those pitchers, but they just haven't been able to get big-time hits off of those guys. And so that's kind of the really the main point that I'm looking forward to tonight is how East Carolina adjusts to a soft softling arm. It's a, it is a really intriguing pitching matchup tonight. You've got the uh, gas-throwing six-foot-four right-hander for East Carolina – high draft prospect 
against the little lefty with about 25 different pitches for Oklahoma. It'll be uh, – we should get a pregame photo of those two guys back-to-back. It would be uh, a lot of fun. So, hey, Scott, this is very nice of you to get up early and do this for us today. I look forward to meeting you up in the booth a little bit later on, and uh, good luck to you on the broadcast tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Toby. Look forward to meeting you as well, and same to you. Good luck tonight. All right, see you, bud. Scott Rogers, voice of the ECU Pirates, will take a break. The only team, uh, I guess other than OU, we haven't talked about yet, is the host school, Virginia. They're the favorite to come out of here. Preston Willett from CBS 19 here in Charlottesville joins us next. Back after this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Welcome back to Charlottesville. Let's talk about the home team now. The Virginia Cavaliers, the number seven national seed, and we welcome in now Preston Willett, CBS 19 sports director right here in Charlottesville. I'm told nobody knows this team inside out better than Preston Willett. Preston, good morning. How are you today? Doing good, Toby. Ready for some baseball. Yeah, it's finally here. It's been a long week, hasn't it? Absolutely. A lot of build-up to this. You know, first regional here in Charlottesville since 2016, so a lot of excitement. I've already heard there are tailgaters in the parking lots ready for this one. I can't wait. I can't wait. We are uh, we're under three hours to first pitch. And Virginia playing in game one right out of the gates today against Army I cannot wait to see Kyle Teal and Jay Geloff. And, boy, this Virginia offense is something else this year. From your perspective, how good is uh, this Virginia baseball team? Well, I'll use Brian O'Connor where, uh, O'Connor's words just to put it. You know, he thinks this is one of the best offenses he's had in his time at Virginia. He's been there for 20 years now, and he's had some pretty special offensive ball clubs. So that says a lot. And, and really, like, you look at the, the middle of the order there. You mentioned Jake Geloff. You mentioned Kyle Teal. That's obviously where everyone's eyes go to, but it's kind of the pieces that they put around those guys this year. Griffo Farrell, the top that lineup, as good a leadoff hitter as you can get in the, in the sport. And then Ethan O'Donnell, a transfer that they brought in from Northwestern. He's added some pop to the lineup, but also kind of gives them that second leadoff hitter in some situations you know, at the number two spot. And then the biggest question for this UVA team coming into the season was who was going to hit in the five hole behind Geloff and behind Teal to kind of protect those guys. And Ethan Anderson has stepped up in a big way. He was only third team all ACC because there's so many good first basemen in the ACC right now, but he is one of the best in the sport for sure. Um, What about on the mound? I see that it looks like Edgington is going today. He's not considered their ace, though, right? Early is. It's it's a little bit of a mixed bag, you know. They've they've got a couple different guys. I wouldn't say there's a clear front ace. I would say okay. Nick Parker probably is who they would start on you know a Friday night during ACC play. That's who they've done in in recent weeks. They've kind of gone to a different mode, kind of how you would normally approach playoff baseball in the past couple of weeks. Where all right. We're starting Nick Parker game one, and then we'll just kind of see who we have left, you know, to start the next game and the next game after that. Um, And that's kind of how they've approached it. So Parker is probably the number one guy right now. So I think looking at the matchups today, you know, you start with Brian Edgington so you can save a guy like Nick Parker. 
uh, for tomorrow night if they get into that winner's bracket against Oklahoma or East Carolina. And then, you know, you have Connolly Early, who's really had a good season, but he's mainly been their midweek starter, uh, starting some of those games against, you know, you know some of the le- lesser competition, not ACC games. But he has started some, some ACC games in recent weeks. So he'd probably be the third starter right now. Uh, but I think they wanted to go with Edgington to kind of see, all right, how can we, you know, kind of manage this while saving Parker for for um, a possible Saturday night matchup. I mean, it's a sub-four staff ERA, tons of strikeouts, not many walks. I mean, there's nothing really there. It looks like as much as people brag about the bats, it looks like the arms have been equally as good this year. It's the funny thing because everyone, you know, every UVA fan right now would point, you know, those pitching is a big problem. And if you look at it, they rank seventh in ERA in the country, yeah. not the ACC, the country. Uh, so it is it is funny to look at it like that. And they've got some great bullpen arms, too. Guy Jake Barry, he was their second starter or third starter last year in the, in the regional. And now he's kind of your long relief guy uh, or your setup guy. And then you have Jay Wolfhook, who's one of the most electric closers in the country and also you know, competing to be a starting quarterback on the other side of the street. So give us some hope, uh, Preston. There's got to be a weakness somewhere. This team's got to have a vulnerability somewhere. Where where would it be? Yeah, I think the the vulnerability is if they get into that bullpen um, because they've had some good performances this year out of the bullpen. But if you kind of get into that bullpen early in a game and kind of get UVA on the ropes a little bit, you know those guys you know at times can falter. And you know we've seen it time and time again this year when they kind of went through a little slump in the middle of the year. Um, and also at times, uh, you know, at Disharoon Park, the dish as we call it here, you know, it's a it's a big field. It plays big, so you, it's hard to it's hard to hit the ball out of there. And so a lot of times these guys, you know, they they get so focused trying to launch that ball out of the stadium that they end up hitting these long fly balls. And once the offense starts doing that, then you kind of get a little bit worried. They've been better about that in recent weeks, so we'll kind of see. But if you can get this offense hitting a bunch of long fly balls you've won what is the uh the feeling in the fan base right now you guys won the national championship in in 2015 best chance since then best team since then i would have to say yeah it is probably the best team since then you know they were in omaha two years ago but that was kind of a surprise because at the middle of the season we didn't even think they'd be in the ncaa tournament then they just kind of flipped the switch went on a, this huge winning streak to close the season, had a good showing in the ACC tournament, and then got into NCAA tournament play and literally did everything wrong in NCAA tournament play if you wanted to advance. They lost the first game with their ace pitcher every game uh, in that play. They were always playing from behind, and they always had their back against the wall. This year's team is more of that kind of front runner. You know, obviously, number seven national seed. It's the first time they've been a national seed since 2014. Um, and so it's it's interesting just seeing, you know, this kind of UVA team that fans haven't seen in a while. So I feel like people, you know, are confident, but, you know, obviously, you know, it's kind of a wait-and-see mode because it hasn't happened since 2015. The marquee player here is Kyle Teal, the ACC Player of the Year, 414 hitter, 12 home runs. He's a catcher, folks, who's got a cannon of an arm, too. That that catches the attention of Sooner fans because OU loves to to run, so that's not a great matchup there. But I mean, um, talk to us about Kyle Teal and and what kind of a special player he is. 
it is really unique. Uh, he led the ACC in batting average this year. He's only the fifth catcher ever to do that. And if you look at the other names on that list, they all end up, ended up being first-round picks in the MLB draft. So hmm. it's truly special what he's been doing this year. And Brian O'Connor has said as much, you know, you know, he has started every single game at catcher. They brought in, they even brought in some depth this season because last year he he was not hitting the ball well, and they so they brought in some depth to be like, all right, well maybe we can get him some rest at catcher, and you know maybe that'll allow us, you know, allow him to kind of get better uh, in the batter's box. Well, he hasn't sat a game at all this season, and he has still continued to progress offensively. And the year he's had, I think a lot of people saw that potential in him and saw how special and unique a player he is. Um, and the thing that Virginia fans love about him the most is he just plays with so much energy. He is just like, I describe him like a golden retriever, just bouncing on the walls out there. He has tried to pitch in a game for UVA before back in 2021, when they're there making that run to Omaha, you know, UVA is running out of pitchers in the regional. And he was like, coach, I can do it. Like put me in. <laughs> and it's funny because his younger brother is a pitcher too. Uh, he's uh registering this year after having Tommy John surgery, but, uh, he is, he's a special player and a, and a unique personality. Any concern over the, the Army matchup today? It's a tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, this is not your normal 1-4 in a regional. Um, you know, this Army team plays tough, and you know, I think Virginia knows that going into it. So I don't expect them to sleepwalk into this matchup because, hey, look, they have Army's ace from last year and Connolly Early. He is a transfer from Army. And so he's going to be able to tell these guys, like, hey, these guys, they come to play. Um, they did well in a regional last year, so I don't think they're uh, they're looking past this matchup into Saturday. Well, it'll be 11 a.m. Central Time, folks, today, noon here on the uh, East Coast, Virginia and Army, first game of the day. Preston Willett, sports director at CBS 19 here in Charlottesville. Preston, thanks so much for the knowledge. We appreciate it. Uh, maybe we'll see you out at the ballpark here in a bit. Absolutely. Getting ready and heading over soon. Thanks, bud. Thanks. All right, there you go. Uh, You've heard from everybody now except Oklahoma. Skip Johnson will join us live on the other side of this commercial break. Opening day of the NCAA baseball tournament here in Charlottesville. Back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Welcome back. Game day in Charlottesville. We've heard from uh, everybody but the coach. Uh, we heard from coach earlier. Skip Johnson back with us. How was that coffee? It's good. Yeah, worth I, it? I, the better the the better is having it with all the coaches down there. That's, oh, I mean, that's what makes it so the camaraderie. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys uh, chop it up? Did you figure some things out this morning? Uh, no, coaches? we put our heads together and made a rock pile. <laughs> you said you had a joke you wanted to tell this morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's two guys. There's a lady, a husband and wife driving through East Texas, and they're sitting there arguing about how do you say Nacogdoches. Uh-huh. Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches. They pull into Nacogdoches. They pull into a fast food restaurant. They park. They scurry up to the counter and say, now say it really slow, please. Where are we at? Say it really slow. Please say, where are we at? She said, Burger King. <laughs> I can tell you're stressed out on game day, Coach. That's <laughs> pretty good. Oh, man. Uh, what do you think about East Carolina? 
Uh, I think they're dynamic. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good club. I mean, it'll be a good opportunity for us to go out. Uh, really offensive. Uh, I mean, got some arms. Uh, I mean, it'll be a good test for us. Uh, were you? I don't, I don't know if this is the right way to ask it. Selection day was. How were you feeling? Were you surprised you got in? Were you pretty confident? I mean, I was. I mean, I, I was probably not surprised, but I was also kind of confident. You know, I mean, our schedule. We played a really tough schedule. Um, we played our best baseball the last month. Uh, we were hurt during conference. Two guys. Um, I'm not. I'm not on the selection committee. I mean, we had an hour conversation about uh, with the Big Twelve this year about um, the RPI and how we schedule Bartolome analytic guy in there and uh uh told us that we need to schedule this way and this and, is all the baseball coaches oh yeah yeah all the baseball coaches uh-huh. and uh um basically you know i mean all year long i was like ryan we, we really playing this week like this team he goes yeah i'm like golly <laughs> you know and so end up being uh, uh really good for our club i mean you know you know it was a tough tough year but you know i mean you look at it and Look back at it. You're, you're the growing pains to learn the stuff that we learned, the, the culture. You know how you have to get those guys. I think we're just now figuring out how to play offense. I don't. I mean, I think we've struggled on on the mound uh, most of the year. I think we've got the certain pieces, um, and I think we will continue to grow as we get through it. I mean, it's not perfect. It's uh, uh, it's who we are. Uh, we don't. It. We don't. We're not going to go into orchestra and not have an orchestra leader, you know. I mean, look, we don't have Kate Horton. We don't have Jake Bennett. We don't have those guys. We are what we are. we got to make sure we play good baseball, you know. Yeah. Did – did uh, I mean, the season could have been over. As the fact that you're still playing baseball, have you seen any sort of a different, like a second lease on life feeling among your team this week? I, I did that day that we got selected. I mean, it was uh, uh, it was almost like – it's a kind of a surreal moment for me a little bit uh, like uh, those guys were sitting there and and they fought. I really don't know if they knew the expectation. They try to play for the expectation, I guess it would, I would say. Like, man, we just didn't play good. You know, we tried so hard. We just didn't play good. And then when we got in, it was like lifted a weight off their shoulder. Like, oh, man, yeah, we got in, you know. And so hopefully that's what it was really about more more so than anything. Considering, you know, how many guys you lost in the draft and everything and what you're trying to do with this program, how important was it or how big is it that you got into the tournament again? I think for the program is really good. I mean, to continue to build where we're, what, we're, what we're trying to build, you know, the, uh, you know, getting the – I mean, our fan support was incredible. Our fans are really good and the fan support was incredible this year. I mean, we get we if we take that another step further, another step further, and by maybe time we get in the SEC, it'll it'll be packed and we'll 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 have a new field. You know, it'll be you know right where we need to be. And uh, uh, coaches have done a great job preparing for that and trying to get some new guys in here, new faces in here for the next year, trying to keep up supposedly with the Joneses, but we got to be the Joneses. We're we're OU. Uh, you're going Braden Carmichael today. I think everybody expected that. He's been your best pitcher here the second half of the season. 
Is that why you're going with him, or is it a matchup thing? Why Why Braden today? His name was the first name we pulled out of the No, hat. no cowboy hat. You didn't bring a cowboy <laughs> hat with you. <laughs> no, because he's throwing the best right now. Yeah. I mean, he's been the best guy right now. I mean, um, it's not rocket science. He's been the best guy, and you throw your best guy. And uh, he has been the best guy. It's not something – I mean, we're not going to hide behind a tree and all of a sudden sneak somebody up on somebody. They just don't do that anymore. You know, you're not going yeah. to do that. And so uh, – uh, I mean, they've got every kind of analytic deal. They've got every kind of uh, uh, video now. I mean, it's it's not it's like something you're, you know, there's no tricks in this deal. You just yeah. got to line up and play baseball, and he's got to go out and be himself. It's a team that gets the most comfortable that ends up winning. I mean. And, and you said that you're not starting Kendall Pettis tonight. That seems like a rash decision. Why Now, why is that? Why he's bench a, KP at this point in the season? He's got a bad haircut. I mean, Is that what it uh, is? Yeah. <laughs> His head swung around really quick. <laughs> there was a half a second there where I think we had him. Uh, what about you, Savage, the guy that, that, that ECU's throwing at you tonight? Uh, seems like he's got power stuff. I mean, uh, um, power fastball, two, you know, power breaking ball i mean it's looks you know a lot of power so uh, uh i mean it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough matchup we'll get after it and see what happens it's it, to my amateur eyes it seems like you guys have handled velo relatively well this year do you agree with that from yeah i think so i mean i i mean our league has got some velo the teams yeah. we've played this year had some velo i mean I don't know if it's uh, – uh, I mean, it's college baseball. Have you seen the numbers in college baseball? Everybody a, throws hard. Yeah, every, you, if you have a six ERA in college baseball, you're a pretty good pitcher. I think the home run numbers are up like uh, by 400. Wow. I mean, it's offensive. It's uh, There ain't nothing about pitching that says college – that the next thing you see is college baseball. It's like uh, – uh, it's an offensive deal. I mean, it brings fans. It's excitement. If we can, I was thinking about if we could shorten our fences up 20, 20 feet all the way around when we build the new field. Or I really want them to put them on the burn, but now we need to shorten it up and try to get just, you know, try to score 50 runs a game. 21 20 yeah. every night. Uh, you have obviously your team went on a run last year, but even back to your Texas days, you have been a part of, of teams getting hot this time of year and ending up in Omaha. Like, what's the formula there? What what has to start to happen today for your team to go on a run? Well, you tell them you bring them in there one at a time, and you tell them if they don't start playing good, they get cut. Wow. So that's that seems what, harsh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. It's uh, It just I happens, think, huh? Yeah, I think they're out of school. They're uh, – um, I think they're out of school. Their their mind's a little bit freer. They You know, they can uh, – it really happens with uh, the, the, the support staff that are around them that are really – you know, being positive with them, do a lot for them, and they get after it. Is is you mentioned no Kate Horton and no Jake Bennett stuff like last year? But do you feel like you do have the pieces that could get hot? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I think we can beat anybody in the country. That's no I mean, yeah. we. I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, you can't sit there and dwell on not having those guys. You got to. I mean, we've got to be in timing like the orchestra leader. We got to we. I mean that's really what it is. You got to be on time. We got to hit at a certain time, and we got to keep it rolling. We got to keep that momentum rolling. We got to pull for each other. We've got to this time. You play the game on your terms. It's what you play it on. You don't play it on somebody else's terms. And uh, uh, you've got to go out there and have good timing and 
I mean, everything that happens to deal in baseball, these are the these are the these are the year. This is the time of year that you really see the most of it. You see when they start really pulling for each other. Yeah, that's the that's what's so awesome about. It. I mean, I can remember the Texas Tech game when when uh, uh, Spikerman yells at uh, uh, Carson Pierce, man, if they hit it in the ballpark, we're going to catch it. Just throw it in there. Who cares? You know, and that's when it really starts becoming something different. This is in Arlington? Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's when cool. it becomes something yeah. different because they're pulling for each other. They care so much about each other that they'll they'll run through a brick wall for each other. Not about us, really, the coaches. It's really about them. I have only been doing my job about a fourth as long as you've been doing yours, but I have noticed across all sports that when you get to, you know, postseason, NCAA tournament, basketball, baseball, bowl games, whatever it may be, you see guys either – they walk onto the stage and their eyes get big and they get nervous. Like this is a big deal. There's a lot more reporters here. There's a lot more TV cameras and you see other guys who somehow like they just, they live for it. They like, they embrace it. They get more excited this time of year. Um, What have you seen out of your team? I mean, we haven't played yet, but just here in Charlottesville. Um, I mean, we play in that environment. We practice, you know, used to it. Yeah, we're we're more used to it, and more adapt to it. Uh, uh, we'll see tonight a little bit more, but I think our kids are adapted to it a little bit. Uh, you never expect those kids to do something. If you expect, that's when you set yourself up for downfall. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're amateurs; they're not professionals, and so that's the stuff that we've got to continue to grow at at, at the University of Oklahoma as well. We've got to continue to grow in the sports psychology department to teach them. We've got to we got to have those people because it's real to them as well. I mean, look what Patty's done. I mean, she's yeah. on a, she's on the high stage. I mean, they've won forty nine games in a row. Are you kidding me? I mean, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next year if they don't bring a sports psychologist in there to help them? I mean, it could be. I mean, you know, really. I mean, I'm telling you, it's. Uh, I've seen it. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, we've got to continue to help our kids grow in that area. You played for the national championship last year. I haven't seen anybody that's picking you to come out of Charlottesville. Uh, do you play that up with your team at all, like lack of respect kind of an angle? I mean, yeah, I mean, we do a little bit. I think uh, uh, Coach Willich does a lot for sure, yeah. which is great. I mean, our, our, it's a mindset. Who cares? I mean, they can do that. They can do it all they want. I mean, nobody's ever given me any credit anyway, and, and I don't really care about getting the credit. That's you not know? true. And That's not true. No, I mean, I, I I shouldn't be where I'm at, so it's even better, you know? <laughs> You're widely considered one of the great pitching minds in the game, so. Uh, I got a magic I'm not going to let you say that about yourself. Top of them. Well, I hope you brought I'm a, a good bowler. I can deer hunt a little bit. Yeah. Fish. Yeah. You're, you're a decent pitching coach yeah. and head coach, too. You're good when you have good pitchers. Good pitching coaches is, are good when they have good pitchers. Last time you gave us the keys to the game, you were dead on uh, when you beat OSU and Arlington. So give me the keys to the game tonight. Play good defense and score more runs than they score. Bam. We got to play. You're good winning defense. if you do that. I promise you. Yeah, we yeah. got to. We got to play good defense. All right. Well, thanks for two visits to the how radio about, booth today. How about how about these bagels that Joe Beth got us? Our nutritionist is incredible, isn't it? Well, I can smell them, but I haven't actually seen one of them yet. So they smell I, delicious. Yeah, they do. I'm waiting to get one. The one with deer sausage on it. Oh, did you bring him a deer sausage bagel? <laughs> yeah, they got deer up here, I'm sure. Yeah. So, All right, thanks, Coach. We'll Thank see you, you out at the ballpark. Bye-bye. Skip Johnson will take a break. We'll wrap it up with Chris Plank coming up next here on the T-Row in the Morning Show.